I had to make sure I wasn't dreaming when he said what he said. So, uh, but I'm, I'm here, of course, joined with Nick Bakins of the Bakins Show. Nick. Welcome, folks. It is a lovely Monday evening. I am the Bodkins uh, of the Buffoon and Bodkins and uh, joined just now in the nick of time. I guess I was about to bury him. The Buffoon is here, folks, off his vacation, running behind, but he has showed up just in time. Give it up, Tanner. Welcome back, man. Welcome back. Thanks, dude. Glad to be back here. How was uh, before we get into it? How was vacation? Uh, it's fabulous. Milwaukee is a wonderful city to go to. Tons to do, and I saw like five baseball games in a row. What can I say? Like it was, it was awesome. It was great. Great beer. Great drinks. Great environment. Can't complain. Yeah, uh, I mean, you ruined our stream on Monday, so uh, I we, did. We, if you uh, you cut us out, we had to re-log in just as I was getting into it with uh, the Redbird Nation there, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, we talked a lot of fantasy, talked to Kyler Murray situation, so uh, if you missed that on last Monday, you got it's still split in two episodes, but uh, check it out there. We got we got the got the ball rolling. I was able to uh, keep this, you know, the car somewhat on the you know, on the tracks while you were gone. Yeah. And you, so yeah, you come and derailed it and said, Oh, they're going to try to get rid of me on my own dang show. Uh, I'm just going to go here and mess this up real quick. Yeah. So I hopped on right on my cell phone. If you guys haven't used StreamYard before the top, right on the desktop, I guess top right here, but top right for me is right here. And it says live or in broadcast. Well, if you do it off your phone, everything's down below on the, uh, where the leaf studios and mute stuff is. Oh, just me thinking of the computer way. Yeah. I hit end broadcast. And then I was like, why am I still on? So I hit leaf studio and I was walking up the ramp to go to the tunnel. And I was like, I just ended the stream. You did. Holy you did. crap. You, you sabotaged us, but Hey, we're back. We're back. We're That's back. right. You guys did pretty well after that. I'd say, I'd say you guys are good. You know, it's not the first time I crashed a car. Was able to steer it, steer it right back on the road. <laughs> That's right. Uh, AK Eagles podcast. Yo, what's good, guys? Hey, man. Glad, thanks for joining in. So yeah, hey guys, we got a wonderful show today. Quite the lineup going into play uh, once again because that's what we do on Buffoon and Bakins. Um, we're gonna start out here and talk a little Deshaun Watson with uh, Wojo. Uh, he is a lawyer. I believe I believe he has a law firm. And then he also does podcasts for Jack Five, so it's gonna be really great to have big Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, we'll get him into play, and then we'll have uh, let's see here. We got that Ryan Larison on around eight PM Central. Talk some fantasy football. Got some uh, things to talk with him about. Get his feel and thoughts on a few players, and then we'll hit uh, baseball after that because the trade deadline is I believe tomorrow. So there's already been tons of moves going into play, and then. After that, we'll do the Bakken's UFC minute and just wrap it up from there. So, a uh, lot, you know, lots of great things going in today. And then next shift, Randy, what's up, man? Thanks for joining in. So, should be quite a good show here uh, going into going into things. Appreciate it. Yeah. 
Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Randy. Hey, uh, what's your so before Woj comes on here? I mean, that's the biggest news of the day. It came out. I mean, about as soon as I woke up this morning, that uh, Deshaun Watson was getting the six the six games. What's your what's your feeling here on this six games? I mean, it sounds like the NFL is going to go ahead and take that. The NFL, you knew it was going to be something small because when the NFLPA put out something last last night. Uh, late last night at that was uh, pretty much, hey, we're willing to accept whatever this judge says. So I think they had an inkling that it wasn't going to be the year that the NFL wanted. And NFL honored the judge that you you put. Uh, it sounds like Raj can still he can still say no, uh, and we're gonna you know put punish our own way. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So what's your what's your initial reaction here before we talk to Woj on the six games for Deshaun Watson? Uh, it's just kind of a whole interesting case. We've been talking for for what two years now. I think we're going on to play. It seems like, right. and you know, it's a lot of them have been you know paid, settled, paid, whatever you want to say, right? And you know, you can look at it in two different ways. You can look at it, hey, we're just getting off his back, you know, just so he can continue to live his life. And some people will take that as a mission of guilt. And it's a really, really tough deal there. Um, going into play trying to judge this thing because you don't know a solid verdict because he never got you know all every every jury has been to they dismissed it and it's or not dismissed it but they you know essentially it's it never got to the point where he's guilty so it's really hard to take one whole route to it of looking at it hey this guy's fully guilty right 28 freaking people for god's sakes i hope this guy finds a certain a massage person so he can not have 28 freaking people while he's in Cleveland. But the other side of things, you look at the whole other spectrum, you know, it's like kind of like the Tyree kill situation where they had to almost admit guilt. Uh, and there was a recording later on, if you guys don't know for Tyree kill during his second debacle a couple years ago, uh, where his girlfriend or wife or whatever she was at the time, basically admitted on tape that he didn't do it essentially like i'm gonna do this da, 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 da. so it could be that kind of way too of uh, just a bunch of girls getting in i think there's only one case right now left um going into play that has not been settled so it's just i don't know it's just a kind of i don't really have a strong feeling one way or another i'm just i'm kind of anxious to hear more info still just for the fact that you know there was a robinson that you know for uh, the made the decision for the nfl currently is you know 15 page report went through all the you know the cases i think she read i think over about in the end i think a hundred or a thousand pages they said on pat's show today and it's i don't know man it's, i don't really have a feeling one way or another you know there's there's this side a little bit of this side a little bit of this side but it's just sad that they're in the situation to begin with you're, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, the, the thing of it is, there's not really any real precedent, right? I guess maybe because you don't really know what happened. Uh, we just know it was 32 or whatever it was, women that come out and spoke out against them, which is a lot. I mean, that's a, that is a, 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 a lot of different people. So, I mean, all of them, uh, maybe some of them at the end was like jumped on the, on the, uh, you know, the train uh, as far as like, you know, getting some money and things like that. But that's still... That's still way too many, way too many masseuses. That's a lot. It's still uh, a lot. But, you know, here's the thing. Like, I mean, they suspended, um, who was it, Ridley for a whole year for 
betting. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, thanks. Thank you, uh, AK Eagles. I was just, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say is Calvin Ridley got a longer suspension than Watson. And he's he bet one crappy game on FanDuel uh, when he wasn't playing. It's not like he was playing. Let's I, I I think that's you know it's not a Pete Rose situation. He was away from the team. What and then and I mean I guess it is a little insider esque type trading stuff. Like might know a little bit what's going on in the locker room. Right. But I mean put a parlay together for like fifteen thousand and parlay didn't even hit. So uh, and then he's suspended for a full year. We've seen what Tom Brady got uh, deflating balls. What was it? Four games for deflating balls. Uh, you know, we've seen other suspensions. I think Ben Roethlisberger got four, six games originally, and it got four mm-hmm. games way back about a decade ago. Because he for, appealed on that. Yeah. Yeah. Similar situation, but less less women. That was like two or two or three women, not thirty two. I, I mean, I, I've I've told you my theory before, and I still I stand by this. I believe the 22 women that was whatever it was before, that's what he was suspended for last year in a hush-hush deal because I don't believe that the Texans just sat him down, said, hey, you don't want to play here, you're not going to play here. How many times in all sports across all the decades that a player is asked to be traded and they weren't traded, but guess what that team did? They, They ran his butt out there and he started and played. So just because Deshaun didn't want to play last year, he didn't play amidst all this? No, I don't believe that. I believe it was a suspension last year. These new six games is for the ones they didn't know about. Remember, they just come out a couple weeks ago, like, we didn't know about these four or five, Deshaun. You didn't tell us these four or five. All right, so you're going to get the six games for these four or five. That's, I firmly believe that is exactly what happened. I mean, I have no proof other than uh, just my own theory. And I mean, and that's just what I think. And I think it was, I think it was right around the Ray Rice deal that happened that they really got hit for it initially because Ray Rice was able to come back until the video dropped. And I think they came back out and try to justify their reasoning for certain suspensions is it's in different brackets, right? So I'm sure gambling's in one bracket, you know, uh, you know, assault, whatever, domestic violence, it's all in different brackets. So they're all going to get different uh, suspensions. As bad as that looks on the NFL, they do, you know, that's kind of what they came out and said. I think the NBA even came back out and said something similar with that as well. So uh, that was, I don't know, it's just a lot of craziness with the way they do their punishments, essentially. It it is. There's no, uh, they just make up their own. yeah, 32 women. They they make up their own dang rules. I'm trying to keep it PG here uh, as much as I can. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, but they just make – Raj does his own thing. They make up their own rules. The NFL makes up their own rules. There is no precedent for anything. Uh, uh, yeah, appreciate the take. Yeah, it's, a lot of people aren't saying that, which I'm surprised that hasn't been pointed. I feel like every, I'm on – but uh, when I point that out to people about the year thing, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, people – I like yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, uh, I I mean, how does Tom Brady, who deflates deflated some balls in a game that was a blowout that didn't even matter, uh, gets four games, and then you're telling me a guy who has you know 32 women, 32 uh, sexual allegations, only gets two more games than that? Makes no sense. I mean, it's no rhyme or reason. Uh, I mean, that, that's what happens when you're the judge, jury, and executioner for Roger Goodell. And he's not, from what I've read, and I will have to confirm when Woj comes on, is he's not getting fined. And they even made it, the, the Browns specialize that deal to where he, if he did get fined, 
it was only gonna be like it's like sixty six thousand dollars with the game yeah it was gonna be a chunk change essentially so you know let's uh let's bring on uh wojo here uh Punk Law 101, legal news and comedy podcast, Draft Vice, a football podcast. Let's oh. talk sports contributor, Wojo. Welcome in, man. What's up, guys? Hey, how you been? Up, how you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, let me know if any of my audio comes off a little weird. I'll adjust things as we nope, can. It sounds good on my awesome. side. Awesome. Uh yeah, so I'm doing well. Thanks for all the all the the sites to everything. Punk law, draft buys, let's talk sports. You guys are involved with let's talk sports, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. We are the logo right there. Yeah, that's right, man. We we we're definitely involved with it. So yeah, Dan's a good dude. I, I love I love doing our show. Um, but I'm glad to be on here. Glad to go ahead and get to talk a little bit. Uh, maybe not glad is the best term because talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. It's not the happiest time in the world, uh, dealing with that just because, uh, Ooh, hi, Randy. How you doing? Look at Randy there. Um, it's not the happiest thing in the world because I mean, I read, I've read a lot of the petitions in this Uh now. Granted he's settled. He has settled all but one lawsuit three the last three. He settled last night. He's got one lawsuit left. So I, but I've read a lot of the petitions, the alleged conduct, um, the 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 news articles on it. We'll talk about the all the stuff regarding the uh, Susan Robinson, uh, the arbiter's uh, opinion. I read that today as well. So I, you know, with that, it's it's a lot of like seedy, weird conduct, and it's uh, I don't know if you want me to go into that. Like again, is he's you know what he was accused of in those civil lawsuits? You know, none of it. Like, again, there was kind of like levels here, right? You know, he's not necessarily like outside of like two examples, I think of all the like the 20 something, nearly 30, uh, you know, uh, complaining witnesses or uh, plaintiffs, depending on the civil versus criminal. Um, Not all of them alleged like hardcore, like criminal violent, you know, like most of them did not even allege that most of them alleged that he did something like uh touch him with his uh his eggplant area um i'm trying to keep this as pg as possible where you gotta like you gotta use euphemisms and stuff yeah yeah, yeah and you did so tiktok right so you did uh a tiktok i saw uh a few of them of some of those cases and explaining that yeah, so I broke down all the petitions. So keep in mind, the okay. petitions are written from the, the the point of view of the complaining party, the plaintiffs in the lawsuits. So they're not, you know, they haven't been under deposition, but they are under oath. They are, you know, they're expected to be um, corroborated, right? And some of the more later ones included excerpts of depositions that had either been, you know, included plaintiffs or Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Watson's deposition even, or some witnesses depositions that had included into those uh, petitions. So there's a lot of it that is under oath that we've been able to gleam into. Or uh, So I broke down a few of them. I didn't break down every single one. There's 24 of them. Um, and they just get sad after a while. And breaking them down into like a minute to three minute segments gets like, how do you explain to people like, you know, like all these little things to it and in a way that's not going to just kind of doom and gloom them out? So- so, oh, go ahead. So I apologize. Well, I talk forever. I apologize. Well, no, you're good. <laughs> I, I mean, I just wanted to add, like, so it sounds like, was, well, was he just like, you know, showing his meat to these girls? Is that the big, it was that the big thing? Was like, he was just out here showing his meat. Cause you said he was like, 
you know, kind of. Oh, not just them. showing them though. That's the th- that's the thing. I showing gets... them and touching them. Like I mean, yeah, there was groping. There was um, he was touching them with the penis, trying to find ways. Ah, oh, so I apologize. About the, I don't know if you guys believe uh, that. You're word. you're fine. You're fine. All right, good. Okay. Uh, touching them with his member. Um, trying to cause like incidental contact, which like, oh, I did it by accident, but you did by accident 20 something times. Like, it's not like you did it by, I did it by accident once as an accident. I did by accident 20 times. It's not an accident anymore, sir. Right. Um, There was a couple of times where he started masturbating or humping. I, you know what? I can't even, like like I said, the conduct is so hard. You have a hard time, like trying to keep it to the, like the PG level because it's, he's doing things that are not. Like, you know, he, he's, he was doing things to a table at one point um, in the Texans lawsuit, which I didn't never broke down. I might still break it down because I know they settled 30 of them. They settled more. So they settled with more plaintiffs than there mm-hmm. were plaintiffs against Deshaun Watson. They settled with 30 women um, complaints against them. They actually only had one complaint filed, but they just settled with everybody. They said, you know what? We we we're not saying we did anything wrong. We're not condoning his conduct. What we were saying is we understand we might have screwed up. We take this seriously. And here, we'll give you what, what you want. We we don't want – they really just didn't want to go to court and have to have their own people depose. Imagine having Cal McNair depose for, you know, 30 depositions. Oh, man. Nah, so there was uh, there was actually an, uh, in one of the depositions, though, there was a, a massage therapist for the Houston Texans that was deposed. And she said there was like there was an incident with Deshaun Watson where he kind of um, ha- did something to the massage table, uh, so to speak. So, again, he you know, his conduct was well known. Um, they paid for a hotel or really they paid for a membership at a spa where he had a hotel room at the spa. But where he was technically not old enough to have a membership. And uh, so and now you guys are getting exclusive content because I didn't break this down on anything. Uh, <laughs> there we go. There Let's go. go. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, this is all stuff. And I'm going from memory. But this is um. so uh, he even borrowed a table from him at a certain point, And they gave him the NDA. He started giving to massage therapists. And the real thing, and this is where the predatory element comes in, is that he started going. He started recruiting uh, over Instagram less and less experienced massage therapists or people who weren't even like actually like professional massage therapists. But he was like, oh, do you guys give massages? Come over to my house or come over here. Well, oh, meet me at the hotel or I'll fly you in from Georgia. So it went from the fir- earlier allegations were people who ha- were very reputable. And that was one of the videos I did was saying, like, listen, early on in like March and in June, where the earlier lawsuits came up, where their initial incidences happened. They were very professional people. They were people who were reputable, had their own business for years, had dealt with other athletes in you know, football. I know. Right, Randy? Exclusive stuff. Uh, uh, and just, it, again, reputable massage therapists. And by the time you got to like like September, October, he's flying people in from Georgia. They're anestheticians. They're beauticians. They're people who sell oils. They're people like, you know, they're meeting him at his house. And it's like the, and the other thing that was almost ubiquitous or almost everything was the towel trick. Like all 30 of them. It was like, I don't like using a draping. I want to use a tiny towel that I'm going to bring with me. Yeah, I was so, like, he he brought his own towel. A little washcloth. Time. Yeah, a little washcloth. This is my favorite washcloth that has all my favorite children. 
Yeah, so it's it's a li- it keeps on getting worse and worse. Yeah, all my favorite children. Oh my god, that must have been a sticky towel. Whoa! I hope he's hey. got more than one towel. I hope he's 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 a millionaire. He should have more than one towel. He was that first round pick, and then got a, an extension, then got the super extension. That I think is the more egregious element of the Browns stuff. I you know we'll talk a bit about what the Browns do with that contract where they um yes, yeah they insulate him. It does insulate him from uh from the suspension i don't think that was the necessary intention of that uh they a lot of teams design it so that your first year is mostly your signing bonus and you have a minimal salary the first year it's just a salary cap thing Mm -hmm. so here i am defending the browns but i I think what they but i I don't think they did their due diligence on this uh but when they when they traded for him deshaun watson had only sat for two depositions one he played the fifth the entire time because the grand jury was still uh, investigating him. And the second one happened the day he met with Jimmy Haslam in Texas. Hmm. Well, I can keep uh, going. If you just want me to keep riffing, I can just go with that. No, I, I've been talked so much about this. I I've like know this stuff to the back. I shouldn't, I don't know why anymore. It's glued in there. Um, uh, name uh, Howley <laughs> from South Park. Oh my God. I, yo, I hope South Park does an episode on this. I feel bad. Cause there's like, so, there's so much elements of it that it's like, it is kind of borderline, strangely funny well, but that's not what, like in a good way yeah right? yeah i mean here's the thing here's the thing you you alluded to it uh, i cut i work as like a, i'm a forensic interviewer before it's like interview kids type thing so a, a predator you're exactly right when it's a predator somebody who continues to prey on the weak and he got he was going after the weaker and weaker people who were not um you know as certified but my question is here you, you alluded to the texans we haven't heard from the nfl or maybe you might know about, are they going to get in any sort of trouble after settling these legal firms? And now that, you know, the, it seemed like the Texans obviously catered to his bad behavior and okay with it. Are the Browns somewhat doing that now with the, the this contract situation? I mean, are they like, Hey, we're, we're going to, if, as long as you play our good on the field, we don't, we'll, we'll handle the rest of the uh, masseuse stuff. Well, he, they did by giving him all that money. Like, essentially, that's what they did. I don't think they're going to be found culpable for it because all the conduct happened prior and he settled all these cases. If there's something new that comes along down the line and they are found to have done something in the lines of what the Texans did, where they're giving him NDAs and they are aware of it because their own in-house massage therapists are saying something and their security people know stuff. And even the head of the massage therapy company that they bring in-house for had told them like, Hey, like he's going to get into trouble. He should not be going out and recruiting these people because he's going to get into legal trouble. And it's just, he's going to end up getting sued and he might get COVID and he might be doing some weird things. So, uh, they were well aware that he should not have been. And that was kind of the issue with the Texans. Now, whether the NFL is going to hold them culpable, it's a little different because you're talking about vicarious liability there. That's what they were sued under. It's you are being sued because of what your employee did, but their employee is Deshaun Watson, who's currently, you know, now not even with the team, now going to be punished, is currently being punished by the NFL. We're going to talk about that process in a second, which is, and we just got that today, which should be, they're saying it's going to be a six game suspension because that's what Sue Robinson said. But again, the process isn't over at least for three more days. Um, at least as far as we know. And then we'll find out if they, the NFL decides to appeal Sue Robinson's uh, decision on that. But I don't think, I don't know how the NFL is going to treat the Texans with that, uh, especially because a lot of it's PR. And 
mm-hmm. even from their own attorney who came out every time they've settled these cases, he's made a very clear statement a lot of the time about it. So he's the one who's coming out and, and he's been the face a lot of it. Him and then Ashley Solis, the initial plaintiff in the case, have been the faces of these uh, these cases. He he spoke glowingly of how the Texans handled it. So I don't know if they're really going to go hardcore at the Texans. It sounds like the Texans were apologetic, whereas Deshaun Watson has always been like, I have never done anything wrong. And that was his that was his position throughout every proceeding so far. It was his last public statement, which is also why I have huge problems with the Browns, because they they released a statement earlier saying he's, you know, he uh, he's uh, I don't want to say contrite, but he's been like he. Uh, remorse. He's been remorseful. But you can't say he's been remorseful when he hasn't even publicly acknowledged he did anything wrong. That's not remorse. That's the opposite of remorse. I'm not even saying that he's wrong for saying he didn't do anything wrong. That's, you know what, if you don't believe he did anything wrong, you don't believe he did anything wrong. You know, you can be an innocent person and say you didn't do anything wrong. Disregarding the facts there uh, for two seconds. I'm just saying in general, you could say I didn't do anything wrong. That's just not being remorseful. It's fine that you're not remorseful if you didn't do anything wrong. But you can't say he's been remorseful is what I'm saying. Here's the thing. You you listen to every athlete, too, and we've kind of – we've said this before. Every athlete takes – it's like a million-dollar – you know, they take care of their body. I think LeBron James and Russell Wilson, they – I mean, they they – they spend almost a million dollars plus on their bodies. So that, you know, they're not going to let's just let jo- some Joe Schmo, uh, you know, Instagram, come in pretend yes, yes, for- come <laughs> take care of him. So he had it in his mind that he knew exactly what he was trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and when we're talking about the predatory thing, the other thing that I noticed was that he went from only meeting them once to start and starting acting pervy to meeting them multiple times. And the contact got the con uh, what he was doing got more and more egregious each. T- like he would meet with them and kind of scope them out to see if they were chill yeah, and everything. Grooming, grooming, how, yeah. yeah. How how quick are they going to jump to me? You know, mm-hmm. are, are they going to be OK? Are they going to react to this negatively? Um, so there's a lot of them where he met them the first time. And, oh, it wasn't really a problem. They didn't really do anything. They didn't, you know, he was, yeah, he wore the towel. It was a little weird, but he didn't do anything wrong necessarily. So I didn't think anything of it. And then the second time around, that 24th lawsuit where that was that that was the one that everybody was like, oh, this is when the NFL, I think, made the decision. You know what? Stick them with a year. If we can get a year and they might still go for the year because, you know, part of that process is, uh, I, you know, I'll just go into it right now. The NFL, yeah. so Steve Robinson came out today, uh, published her opinion, 16-page opinion, um, and said, you know, he's getting six games. Now, the, the process here by the CBA is if she found no wrongdoing, the NFL had nothing to appeal. It's it's kind of like a criminal proceeding in that way, in which case there is uh, there's uh, there's almost like a double jeopardy element to it. You've already been tried. You don't get to be tried again. Mm-hmm. But if she, they, she finds that there was wrongdoing, the NFL gets to go ahead and then uh, basically override her opinion uh, as far as the punishment goes. So if she found one game, they could say 22 games. Like there, there doesn't have to be a rhyme or reason to it. But her basically her job is the fact finder. She's the jury, but the NFL is kind of more of the judge and then the appellate judge kind of deal. So that was... Yeah, so like, they can go ahead and override it, and then and that's what everybody's saying. Like, you, know, you have to wait the three days because the NFL can turn around and say in three days, all right, we're going to appeal, and the appellate body is Roger Goodell. So Roger Goodell could be like, one year, sorry, Deshaun. I get it that Sue Robinson doesn't agree, 
And then you get into the question of, well, are they going to fight it in, you know, in federal district court in, in Delaware? Are they going to appeal? How much fighting are they going to have over this? Are they going to start trying to bring in some other contextual stuff? Like, are they going to try and fight over, you know, the uh, the the owners being held to a higher standard uh, element that they were trying to, to put in there, which Sue Robinson references a little bit in the opinion. I think that was more to kind of give the idea to the NFL. It's like, listen, they're really it, – it can kind of go both ways because, to be fair, there really isn't a precedent. And she even admits that this is the most egregious thing the NFL's ever handled as far as this kind of stuff goes. Her opinion's a little bit of – I it, like, I get where she was going with it, but there's, like, a little bit of a um, – how do I put it? She She's saying that the NFL – uh, this is the most egregious conduct ever. She's saying it. Oh, this is also a nonviolent uh, sexual assault. Correct. Is what she's saying, <clears throat> which doesn't really make sense because I don't think there's such thing as a nonviolent sexual assault. Because if you if you really think about it, sexual assault by its nature is violent. It, it's by the nature of what you're saying. It doesn't have, just because like it's not like I beat you up or I threatened you with a knife. Well, I think like I think what she's trying to say is he didn't ever really touch anybody, right? Is I mean, as far as like, well, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He did touch people. That's the problem. He groped them. That's assault mm -hmm. or battery, depending on the jurisdiction you're in. It, it's both either civil assault or criminal assault or battery. Depend again, New York has it calls criminal assault. Uh, I was just going with the semantics game over with somebody else who was an attorney in a different state, and I don't think they realize that this changes from state to state. Uh, but yeah, so it could be criminal assault. It could be criminal battery. It could be civil battery or civil assault, and um, so. Uh, I, sometimes you lose the train of thought. So no, again, uh, with Robinson, she's sitting there saying, "Listen, this is uh, it's not. It, it wasn't violent, right? Like, the, the, I think what she was trying to distinguish was this between the Ben Roethlisberger case, which was the same amount of games, but the difference was the Ben Roethlisberger case. First off, was ten years ago, and the NFL has now instituted a bigger policy about that kind of stuff. And I guess they're trying to say that this isn't a violent." Uh, a sexual assault, which is kind of a weird concept. I understand what she's going with. I think even the NFL kind of maybe feels like that's not even the wrong idea necessarily. So it's a little bit of a mix because I don't think anybody knew how to handle this kind of a case. So she says it's unprecedented. So is it is it maybe because there's no wording in there? Essentially, uh, unlike Big Ben's case uh, of rape, essentially nobody cried rape by any means. And is that because maybe that's why we're looking like a more six games versus a for sure full term, full year? I mean, I think that's maybe how she distinguishes it. Um, I don't know if I agree with that definition or how she went about it. But at the end of the day, that is, I think, what her distinguishing element there is, is the difference between this case and Ezekiel Elliott and Ray Rice and Ben Roethlisberger and Josh Brown and, and Kareem Hunt is they all they all involved violence even if there wasn't a criminal complaint they all alleged some kind of violence now my argument here would be any kind of battery or assault would be considered violence right if it's sexual it, uh, you know um, what kareem hunt get i forget what he got on his he got eight games eight games okay yeah and so from the chiefs <laughs> yeah, and, that, and he got tough for the Chiefs, and then he was on the Browns, and that's when he got the suspension for the eight games. Yeah. So basically, if you if you kick somebody, it's eight games. But but if you use a different appendage, it 
it could be less. Well, and I think too, I don't know with, if your is that big that you do it like so, that. <laughs> so the thing with Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt, also they got you know they they were smaller sections at first, and until a video released showing yeah. what happened versus what we're not seeing here with Deshaun. I mean, if a video releases showing stuff, then this could turn into a whole different thing, like the for Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt. So, but I just think uh, the whole reason we're seeing. Her, you know, Robinson basically said, Hey, six games sounds fair because there is no really hard, definite, you know, a hard, definite proof. Like we have all the stuff, but there's no oh, video, there's no anything. That part I disagree with. She's saying that there's enough proof to find this. Okay. I don't think it's the level of proof because whether you have a video or not, she's saying beyond the preponderance of the evidence, he did this conduct. She's just saying the conduct was not. It was not of the same level of those other things. Gotcha. So, so, and then she again. So, this is where the owner, the holding the owners to. She doesn't even say the owners are held to a higher standard. She says she cites to their brief and says equal standard, which technically you don't have access to their brief. So, there, but she cites their brief saying that they they should be held to an equal standard. Um, that and you know implying something about the Robert Kraft and Dan Snyder thing now. She doesn't say anything about those individual cases. And I think that there's a point there because I think the NFL distinguishes those cases, at least one of them. I think Kraft, I think, is distinguishable by the fact that nobody's mm -hmm. alleging sexual assault by Kraft. Uh, as far as Dan Snyder, there is at least two allegations of sexual assault. One has already been dealt with in the prior um, proceeding regarding the, the other stuff that was going on with the Washington Commanders football team, other names that I will not say. And then there's one that's actually currently still pending before the NFL. So we will see how they handle that case. But again, there is a difference between one case and 32 or something, whatever it is. Yeah, up to 30. But we know that there were four that they they are they were like that were reviewed by the NFL's investigators because initially it was gonna be five and then they cut it down to four. But there's 20 other ones too. So again, like there's kind of a little bit of a mix here of there's the public element where we all know. Like, we all know from the outside going, listen, there's 20-something, there's 24 that filed civil lawsuits. There's an additional couple that filed criminal lawsuits. There's also several women who spoke to the New York Times, and there's clearly more that the Texans settled lawsuits with. So when you get to these numbers out there, it becomes there's, there's a lot. And in fact, one of the women that was going to be included in the five or in the 12 was not represented by um, Tony Busby. And her case was the one that I think made the news a little bit because they didn't use, they weren't using that case, but it was referenced. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know if it was pro football talk that reported it, which is weird. Cause like one minute Florio was like on one side of the case and then Florio went to the other side of the case. Then he's like released the report. And then the report got released like literally 30 seconds later. And they got up like, he's like, Oh, I can't be complaining about it anymore. But <laughs> Well, what's your read on what what Roger's going to do? I mean, ha, do you know or have anything that you know what feels that what what Roger's going to rule on here? Oh, I have this whole process was oh any I was on like three different shows when it came to the NFL's process. My thing was we have no clue because this is all a new process. We don't know how the NFL's thinking about it. Could the NFL turn around and say, you know what? a year and then if he fights us on it we'll put him on the commissioner exempts list while he's trying to sue us in in federal court uh, with an injunction for us to not suspend him and i think that's their leverage to be able to say listen we'll just put him on the exempt list because oh you're gonna fight us on this suspension no they might not they might sit there and say you know what 
You want to fight us on the suspension? Fine, you could play this year. It actually might cost him more money down the line because he would only lose a million dollars this year. But if he got suspended next year, he'd be losing way more money. So I, I have go a ahead and fight the suspension, Deshaun. I have a theory here, Woj, and you can tell me if I'm just out crazy. I've, uh, you know, uh, I'm retarded or whatever you want to say these days. Uh, but <laughs> so my theory is that Deshaun was suspended last year. There was a backhand deal last year between the Texans, the NFL, and Deshaun that said he couldn't couldn't play because we've seen players in every sport for the last decades asked to be traded and still play. So what made Deshaun not play? Why didn't the Texans throw him out there, right? Because he was suspended, but they were just not going to play him. He was suspended. Then when the new out, that was for like the first 20 allegations, all right? You're going to be suspended a year, but you're not really going to be suspended type thing, Deshaun. Okay, just don't screw up in this year. Then he screws up because they find out there's more women and after that. Uh, and that's where I think they're like, okay, now we got to, now we're going to have to do the hardball and do the year plus or the six games. It looks like now maybe possible to six games. Who knows what Roger's going to yell. Am I crazy? Or do you like, do you think that's, you know, possible? Mm, okay. No, you're not crazy. Cause I understand what you're saying. Um, but I've been, I've been pushing against that one for the longest time because that one, he didn't, he wasn't suspended. He agreed. He got paid. He got paid by the Texans not to play for that year. But why? Because he told him he wasn't going to play. He that, told that him that happens he wasn't all the play. time. That happens all the time. That's yeah, what but I, here's, that's, that's but my here's the difference. He is a star quarterback, and he was a trade chip. And if he goes out there and he goes on the field and spikes the ball every game, yeah, you could fine him, and you could sit there and do all that stuff, or you could say, okay, Deshaun, we'll let you sit this year because we probably don't want you on the field anyway. And you probably don't want, and you definitely don't want to be on the field. But we can't trade you right now because you're an idiot who likes to get massages from random, from randos on the internet. And people found out, and you didn't pay them off well enough. So Deshaun, you're sick. You want to be traded? We're okay with trading you. We'll pay you the ten million this year. And that was there. That was between the Texans and Deshaun. Had nothing to do with the NFL. The NFL was not, as far as any of us know, unless there's some kind of secret conspiracy backdoor that's, deal. That's, that's, but we are not I, aware of that, I'm and there's to. never that's been an I'm allegation of that to. by his side. That I'm alluding to the the conspiracy, the conspiracy, and maybe that's just you know I I think that. But he would have alleged that then. He would have come out saying, "Oh, I already nah, served my nah, time." Nah, he can't say it now. He can't say it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he doesn't have to say it now. He could have said it in the hearing. <laughs> he didn't say it in the hearing. He could say that. He could say it all he wants. That we had I'm, an agreement back then. This should, because you would have had an argument for double jeopardy, and then they couldn't yeah. suspend him. He that's no, I, that that one was never gonna fly. I because and I get it. I hear that one all the time on yeah. Browns Twitter. I'm on all the let, Twitters: the Browns Twitter, the Giants let Twitter. Me, let me ask you this: so, so the as a Browns fan, I mean, you you started saying like this is not the the happiest days to come on due to this, but is it not a happy day for the Browns and Deshaun Watson? I would say that he finally got his happy ending here, only with it's uh, not over. Games. Yeah, I'm over. Like that's the it's problem with the Browns. Like that's the problem with this whole situation. And I know a lot of people who are Browns fans who are conflicted. Who even like going into this, they're conflicted. And going into when they traded for him, they're conflicted. I know people who've already left the fandom. I I live in a lovely world of I get to talk about all football anyway. I have a very good, relatively good knowledge of every team, and I live close enough to Giants and I live close enough to MetLife that I could spit on it. Okay, I may not spit on it, but like walk over and pee on it. I literally <laughs> went to the Giants training camp last week. So, and I have tickets to go uh, later on this week. So, if I want to, I could just, you know, I, I love talking about football, 
because I love talking about football. I became a Browns fan because I was like, oh, they're the fun, plucky underdogs. And this kind of like right. really takes them out of the plucky underdog situation. This is more, oh, you're the evil empire. You're closer to the Patriots now than you were to now. I don't want to make it evil like all oh, this is all about morals, but it is more fun to think like that. That was the fun part about mm-hmm. being a Browns fan. We might lose, but we don't have Ben Roethlisberger. That's the hard part. How are you a Browns fan? You've been ba- you've been bashing <laughs> Roethlisberger for the last decade, exactly. and then all of a sudden you come around and be like, yeah, "Well, we got to root for Deshaun Watson." Like at least the argument for a, like a Steelers fan was like, "We didn't pick him. He was here already. We couldn't even get rid of him. The team tried to trade him. Like the Browns traded for the guy, gave the guy an extension, gave him five years fully guaranteed. Like that's the money that people like when people complain about their contract situation. It's not the the one the first year is." is uh is very very low because it's very common in the nfl to do it like that it's the fully guaranteed five million uh, five years 200 million dollars like stupid boco money that he could just turn around like this is why again like dude this never had to even hit the airwaves the funny thing is he benefited from how crazy all this was he Uh benefited from the buku crazy stuff that happened he benefited from the crazy massages because he got 230 million dollars from it and the Browns gave it to him. I mean, it. That's the thing is, in every GM, I mean, the Ravens GM has come out and said he that has we can't do that for Lamar, and we you know every GM and every you know owners come out and said that was the worst deal for everybody, due to you know that situation because of that contract. Well, especially because it, since it's fully guaranteed, you got to put that all that money in escrow. Even if he's not paid it, you have to have two hundred and thirty million dollars laying around to be put in escrow. That's not easy to do, especially for like owners like Mark Davis. You know, like, yeah, they make a lot of money per year, but you got to remember that money's going back out the door as well. So, like when when the NFL teams get their money, they're getting X amount. But remember, you're also paying players. You're trying to you know do your own thing. Also, like people don't want to spend their money. Some people have a lot more money to throw around. Stan Kroenke, he's got no problem spending the money. Why? He's got billions anyway. It was yeah, more are. fun to him to win a Super Bowl than any when make mm-hmm. any money off the NFL. He's got other investments. He's making plenty of money. The money he gets from his NFL team don't matter to him because he's just like, you know what? Screw it. I moved the team to the to LA. I got sued for it too. So real quick here before I hop into the old Browns team overall conversation away from Deshaun. Uh, Randy here was just thinking what I was thinking. So Let's just say the NFL three days, whatever mark goes away. Do you think Deshaun still appeals the sixth game in the end? I think they have to appeal by the the three day period. Oh, they do. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's got three days. Yeah, they said they won't. I yeah, they do. Which I think I think the reason is they don't want to they don't want to like who they're appealing to Roger Goodell. If Roger Goodell was already going to sit there and be like, well, screw you, I was never going to I was going to give you a year anyway. You're appealing six games. Two years. Like, he could just turn around and do that. It's really the stupid element of the appeals process there. It's really just, like I said, really what the job is, is for the arbiter to decide whether or not the thing happened. And then the punishment... And then the punishment's really more of a suggested punishment because the NFL can override it. One more question on on Deshaun here. So why why did they... Because Roger's really the like the... We just uh, said it earlier, like the judge and the executioner. Why did they have to go see... Uh, this judge to see if it proven. I thought that's the whole point of the NFL investigating to see if it did happen. And then they give that information to Roger. Like this is like kind of the first time I, maybe the Tom Brady thing went like to real judges, but why did they what have was to the go CBA? to this judge? 
Okay. This oh, is a new a, CBA, oh, so it's a new okay. process. That's that's it. There was nothing. The, that was a whole different situation. The idea of this one was to to stop it from going to federal court. Was the I idea was you're not going to do this anymore. We've come to an agreement on this, and now now that now really the NFLPA is turning around and saying, but but Roger, you guys you guys can't do that. Like the reality is the again the whole idea was was that fine. You don't want us to be judge, jury, and executioner. You guys can have it. We have a jury. We picked somebody to be the jury. If we get if the jury finds not guilty, we can't do anything. That was gotcha. always part of the process. And that's kind of the thing that they always, that everybody forgets with that is that the NFL couldn't appeal the other side of the uh, the other part of the coin. So we, we did this so that you guys felt like it was a better process. And now you're turning around and saying, but Roger! And now Roger's going to turn around and say, you know what? We won a year or 12. I think they really were going to agree on 12 games. If it, if they had agreed before today, they would have agreed on 12 games for the NFL. I think the NFL now looking at it goes, you know what? You're annoying as hell. This should not have happened. And we got, and now we're getting, we're getting, this is what they're going to pay attention to. They don't want him coming onto the field and on some primetime game. There's a reason why the Browns only got two primetime games this year, even though they traded for a quarterback who's like, you know, oh, we gave a, the biggest contract to. They get two primetime games because they don't want them on primetime. So, the fact that they got two was a was a ma- was a magician's trick. I think I'm shocked that they gave them two, but uh, I feel like they would have hid them even more. But again, like it, the the whole point of this process was to take it out of Goodell's hands at least partially, and they got that. And now it's but okay, but he was found that he he was found by the process to have done something to, to have violated the policy. In fact, violated three parts of the policy, mm-hmm. um, including uh, sexual assault, which is what on the top of page nine for people reading the opinion, she says, by a preponderance of the evidence, I find that Deshaun Watson committed sexual assault. Full stop. That is the, what she says. That is the, and she uses, uh, you know, the NFL gets to provide the definitions because they have the prerogative to go ahead and make the definitions there is kind of a little weirder portion of it. Um, but listen, that's how they, they, they just find it. This is it. He could override it and decide the amount of games. There is a reason for him not to, but I think there's a better reason for him to do so. So like you were asking me before, where do I think Goodell goes? If Goodell, the only reason why I think they would maybe avoid that is if the ownership was like, listen, we don't want the PR campaign, but you're going to get the PR campaign anyway. People are going to sit there and say horrible stuff about it. And they're going to keep on saying horrible stuff about it while he's suspended, when he comes back, uh, when the last case goes to trial. If that, you know, whatever comes out of that last case, he got lucky he he managed to settle the most of them or the rest of them. But, you know, when he comes back, it's going to be uh, a BS or, uh, you know, they're going to. And now maybe they're like, you know what, we'll deal with the, the PR image that we get with the PR image. We'll see what ends up happening. I don't know. To be honest, I don't think there's any answer as to what, what we have any idea of what Goodell's going to do. Because the only person who knows right now is Roger Goodell. Yep. Only time will tell. Only time. So, your Browns here, right? Let's talk Browns real quick. Right? Deshaun, or no Deshaun, how are we feeling about the season? What are we thinking? Uh, do we think uh, you think we'll have a repeat of 8-9, even with Deshaun, if he does do the full six in the end? If it's long as it's not a year, or what are you thinking? So I think they have different ideas in place, right? Right now, if it's six games, I think they lean Brissett and they stick with Brissett. Maybe they look into some other things. Maybe they look into some other possible backups. But I think for right now, it's Brissett 
Um, and maybe the idea of possibly trading for Garoppolo, I don't know if they've hit that point yet. Um, they have the money to trade for Garoppolo if they wanted him. Uh, I know they want to make sure both quarterbacks are able to start. Uh, with six games, I think they might be okay with Brissett as far as feeling okay with Brissett. Gotcha. The defense is good. Like, I like a lot of this defense. Brissett's serviceable, too. I mean, you, you look at their set. Uh, they could probably at least go, you know, three and three with Brissett in six games. I mean, he's a serviceable quarterback. A couple years ago with the Colts, I mean, a similar team, a good defense. He's probably got better weapon. I don't know, better running game at that this point in time in Cleveland than he had a couple years ago in in Indy. But I mean, that's. They could I mean, that was a good offensive line in Indy, though. Yeah, it was. No, it was incredible offensive line, but. I just mean like a good defense. He's he's just not going to win you very many games, but he's probably not going to lose you very many games at the same time. Yeah. And if you look at it too, the Browns are home uh, four out of the first six games. That could be a big key. Yeah, I think they, they have some benefits out of the fact that like Brissett's not horrible, right? Again, six games, I think you're right. They can maybe make it to three and three. Uh I you know the defense you know you look at Miles Garrett Jadavian if they don't have any injuries on the defense that defense could be crazy good. No, oh, yeah. Ward's been good. Newsom played really well last year. I think Jeremiah Wusukoromoa played really well. Uh, the second round pick who people were talking about like as a top ten linebacker when he was in the draft. I think you know him and Newsom year one were good. Year two they could be really good. You still have the the depth in the in the defensive back room with uh, Greedy Williams still there, uh, former LSU guy who was a second round pick. Delpit, I think, might take a step forward. He might be the best safety on that defense. Johnson, who they signed last year, is now two years into the defense. They've got a lot more chemistry going on that back end. That defense can be very scary. Um, I think they even brought back Ronnie Harrison. So you got another guy who's familiar with the defense. Um, They brought back Anthony Walker, who played really well for them last year. Their real weakness is the interior of the defensive line. A lot of young dudes. Nobody proven. They didn't bring in a D tackle to to help build it up. Uh, so I think that's one of their issues is the interior of the defensive line, not the deepest thing in the world. And then when you look at the wide receiving core, they brought in Amari Cooper, which is an upgrade from what they had last year as far as their top end wide receivers went because Odell's never been healthy while he's been there. For like even when he was starting last year, I don't think he really got to full health until he was with the Rams, and then he retears the ACL, which like I think he was healthy for six games of 2020, and that was the extent of his best health for the Browns. Um, with Jarvis, love Jarvis. I think Jarvis is an amazing player, really good dude. He's mm-hmm. not Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is a different kind of cat. Um, now he's also an injury prone guy too. He's been, you know, that that was kind of the issue of why the Dallas Cowboys got rid of him. So, and in fact, I think he had an ankle injury today. So we don't know how, how much he lasts throughout everything. Anthony Schwartz, young dude, um, a lot of speed to him. But again, if you're trying to like, it was one thing to expect Deshaun Watson to make a lot with these players with Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, sixth round pick dude who, who had some good moments in the last couple of years. If, if he takes a step forward, I think he'll be heavily involved. They got a lot of cool pieces there. Like you said, the running game could be really great. You have Kareem Hunt back. You have uh, you have Dick Chubb, who I think is one of the best running backs between the tackles or outside the tackles. One of just the best pure runners in the NFL. Um, so you have two really good running backs there. I think Kareem Hunt's ability to be a matchup weapon as kind of a you know pass catcher. You know they've been running uh, in camp, doing a lot more two running back sets 
which was something that they were initially like a little against initially. I don't understand why they kept on like, we want to preserve them. Like, dude, like utilize them to win games. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, Kareem Hunt is a matchup nightmare for linebackers, really good route runner, great pass catcher. Uh, and getting the two of those guys in the field, we saw that in um, 2019 with Freddie Kitchen. Uh, not 2019, 2018. Mm-hmm. It was a, I'm trying to. Was it 2018, 2019? One of those years they had both of them. On the, yeah. It was one of those years they had both of them on the field. I'm like, why don't they do this all the time? I think it was it 2019 should. because they had they. That was the suspension year, and he came back and they ran a little bit of that. And I just kept on begging for people to do that more was they had Kareem Hunt and they had Nick Chubb on the field at the same time, and Kareem Hunt would block for Nick Chubb and create such a matchup nightmare for people because he was blocking like he's a fullback. He's a, He's got bowling ball thighs. He's a good pass catcher. That's but, right. Um, so that, that running back duo right there is great. They also have uh, the dude who they drafted in, like, I think, the, the back end. So, of- so they got Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson. Oh, I was going to talk about Dem- Demetri Felton. De- I don't know if they're going to be on the fifty-three, uh, the final fifty-three, because they really? try to trade him. Okay. I think, yeah, I think they're going to try and find a way to trade him, get some value for him. I like the player; I think he's great. Um, but what like, you, hey, uh, if you can get an extra like sixth, seventh round, like you can get something for him as opposed to nothing. Like it costs them nothing to 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 give him the tender. It's the same thing with the guy who they had last year, Kadaro Hodge, who they gave him an original round tender, kept him around. And then, you know, he ended up sticking around for a little bit. Now, again, I think they might maybe might be more intrigued on keeping Dearness around because he was a really good runner last year. Um, you know, I I don't know if that's really their plan. I think the plan is really more to keep him around so they could trade him to somebody else and see what they can get for him as a trade ship, especially if they're looking for another D tackle. Um, you know, if somebody goes down with an injury, another wide receiver. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. Uh, that, I, that'll I, be interesting too because if Darren just Scott Johnson's gone, uh, I don't know. We'll talk to Ryan here, right around the corner here, uh, see if that would change his rankings at all with uh, Chubb and Chubb and Hunt. But we'll see. What place do you got the the Browns in? Because I mean, it, that division is, I mean, really, everybody's got questionable marks to me in that division. You know, yeah. when you look at the the Bengals. Uh, can they make a run like they did last year? I mean, you know, with Joe Burrow and Chase and everybody, uh, they look like the maybe the least questionable team, but they're still the Bengals, so you always have to throw up a question mark there. <laughs> you, have, you have Pittsburgh with a great defense, but, uh, you know, their new quarterback, Big Ben's gone. But I think Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky are better right now than what Ben Roethlisberger was last year at this time. I'll take, uh, you know, just where they were, but still questionable marks at quarterback. Then you have the Ravens. I mean, uh, I had Cordell Woodward Woodward on my uh, show yesterday, and he's a Ravens insider. And he was, you know, we talked about all the injuries that they had last year and, you know, everybody coming back and how good they could be this year. So, I mean, are the Browns, let's just say Watson's, you know, we're hypothetically the six games, uh, you know, where are they sitting at here? I mean, where would you pick them at? What's the, what's their ceiling? And then what's the, What's the floor here before we get you out of here, Woj, on the Browns? Oh, the ceiling is they, they can win the division. But I don't think the ceiling is really pl- a possible. I, I think the ceiling is possible. I don't know if that's the likely outcome, given that, like you said before, the Ravens have a lot of guys last year who were injured. So you have Peters coming back from injury. Uh, Humphrey was injured last year. You had Lamar Jackson who dealt with injuries last year. Mm-hmm. The offensive line looks like it might be a little bit better with Morgan Moses and Zeitler on the, the right side. We'll see where Stanley comes in as far as health goes. 
they drafted uh, uh, the center. Tyler, uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah. Damn it, you're, you're, you're better than me at this point. God, I got <laughs> I got you out more often. I got my brain going. Tyler Linderbaum, yeah. Best center Linderbaum. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and even they drafted Philele too, is that, that mountain of a dude. So, again, they got a lot of good pieces on the offensive linebacks, some guys healthier, some guys who are now in the, the next year, Ben Cleveland there. Um, yep. and powers, and they have to have a lot of good guys in the offensive line. Um, I know they trade Bredesen to the Giants, but uh, but again, the defense, yeah, oh my god. I mean, I know they won't have the dude that they drafted this year in the second round, uh, uh Joby, a Jabo, yeah, Jabo, but Oway was uh, was amazing, and I was a big Oway fan coming out, and I was like, all right, I was right on Oway, so you get like that, and they got Zarius Smith in that room again. Um, no, that's he's serious. That is, uh, he did not go back. He's in oh, that's Minnesota. right. Yeah, yeah he, can't, he went back. That. Yeah. He went to the yeah. Vikings. Yeah, yeah man. That looked like he switched back. That deal was about to be done with the Ravens. Looked like he was going to go and then switch to uh, took the deal to um, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dang it. But they still have OA. They still have a lot of good pieces on the defense. Oh, they brought back. Will, uh, was it Brandon Williams? They brought back. Um, Brandon Williams, Blaise Campbell. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Yes, uh, Marcus. No, that's Marcus Williams. I'm thinking of the, the I mean, Marcus Peters will be back this year, hopefully for them who got hurt last year. I mean, they just have Calais Campbell, Michael Pierce, and Justin Matabuke. Dobbins will be back. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Dobbins. I liked I liked Dobbins a lot coming out. I don't know how quickly he comes back from the ACL. Heard it was more complicated now, but he's sitting. He's going on Twitter, being like, "Yo, he's dude, saying I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm ready to go. I shouldn't <laughs> even be on the pop. You should let me go. Let me go." He's like Timon from like the Lion King. Like, let me at him. Let me at him. Like, all right, all right. I got this stuff. So like with Dobbins, I think Dobbins uh maybe doesn't get full health by i think maybe like by the like the end of september early october he's back to full speed um especially because they haven't let him off the pup yet but uh but all the other pieces at least on the defense that defense is so good they really built back up around the the run game element of their their team uh they got rid of uh hollywood brown which was kind of a little sad because i think he actually did eventually start meshing with lamar jackson by the end of last year they still have andrews though as the tight end so yeah. again, that team is very is going to be very tough. That, and that's probably the favorite, I think. Yeah, that's the favorite in my head. And like you said, the Bengals, the Bengals have that legit receiving core. They brought in Leo Collins. They brought in yeah, Alex Kappa. I, I like the Bengals more than I like any team in that division. I just maybe I have just I'm have a huge crush on Joe Burrow and what he's what he is just a dog out there. And that they have the offensive weapons, and then they woke up. The Bengals weren't realized we got to not Bengals so much anymore. We got to protect this guy or, you know, and they went out and, you know, drafted offensive linemen went and got, like you said, Collins. I like the Bengals as the the team in the North here. So what's the worst case scenario, Woj, for the Browns? I mean, you said, I mean, you don't think the, the winning the division, but I mean, it's possible. Anything's, you know, but. What's well, that can't the worst be the case? worst case scenario. <laughs> but, no, I'm what is the worst case scenario for the Browns here before we get you out of here? Um, worst case scenario is, well, first off, worst case scenario is Deshaun suspended indefinitely. That's the worst case scenario for them. doesn't matter what happens with Brissett at that point, because they're not winning the division with Brissett. Um, and they're probably not making a wild card with Brissett. So worst case scenario is their third or fourth in the division. They didn't make it anywhere and they're still stuck with a suspended quarterback going into next year. That's the real worst case scenario. We're going to pretend like that didn't happen. And it's just the six games. I think they could still end up being the third best team in the division but you got to remember also the Steelers 
find ways. They just find ways of winning at points. And because Tomlin's a good coach, because Harbaugh's a good coach, because the Bengals have Joe Burrow and a magic receiving core who are run by genies. Like they're just like they all those three teams have things that are going really well for them. I and like also the Browns offensive line is not as good as it used to be. They got rid of JC Treader. He he was too expensive and a little old. And he had knee problems. Uh Conklin's coming off a of patella tendon tear. So now they got a, a new yeah. dude. They have uh, Nick Harris, third year. I think he'll be very good, uh, especially at least on the outside zone runs. But Conklin coming back might be some questions. Hudson was okay. Started getting better towards the end of last year. If Wills doesn't get injured again, I think he'll develop. Uh, the two guards, Batonio and Teller, are good. But again, you know, I don't think you can rely on Brissett trying to lead that run game altogether. I. I, I think it's third in the division. They don't make the playoffs. That's the worst case scenario because you don't get anything out of that. You don't third and not in the playoffs gets you nothing. Yep, okay. agreed. Well, I pre we, hey, well, we'll get you out of here, man. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Definitely for having me. Impact impactful stuff here on this. That was huge. Program. That was a lot of info. I loved it all too, yes. guys. Make sure just don't shut up either. Like I'll, I'll just you know, <laughs> the first part of this episode. He was. It was like I don't think you guys spoke for the first half hour. It was like oh wow, but that happens. I go on people's show. I like and it's like oh well. Uh, I, I do you guys want to talk? I feel I apologize. <laughs> I feel like I hijacked everything. Yeah, no problems at all, guys. Make sure you guys check him out. Punk Law One Hundred and One Legal News and Comedy Podcast, and also Draft Vice football podcast also on tiktok on draft vice uh that's where i've caught him before as well so and always let's talk sports every friday afternoon yep and uh if you want you can follow me at brojo death is in the end of life punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer that's on every platform whether you want to play uh, xbox live with me or you want to go ahead and uh just talk to me on twitter instagram uh all that kind of stuff good stuff well we appreciate you coming on again and we hope to have you on later on in the season Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Have a good day. Thanks, Wojo. You too. Guys, that was Wojo. Uh, fabulous guy. Wonderful guy. Talk- he has great shows on Friday afternoons, by the and way. You got to start extending these. Uh, uh, you got to st- extend these time zones here because you do like 15 minute interlobes. And I know there's never been one time where we've had a guest where we just talked for 15 minutes. I know. Well, this one, <laughs> this one, dude, we went way over that one. I apologize here. That's been a rioting, guys. We'll talk some fancy football here. Ryan. Ryan for the last hour. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> it's all right, guys. I love listening to Wojo. I always watch the Friday shows with Dan because he's just he's so unique to yeah, what we all. There's just talk so about. much going on, and I just like I'm just listening. I'm looking up. I'm like, oh crap. But yeah, it's just great thoughts and great mind, and he has so many so much good stuff. But anyways, Ryan, listen, everybody, fantasy football for the people, Roto Baller Rider, and Wag Me Fancy Football, and of course, uh, let's talk sports contributor on top of his 992 leagues of fantasy football haven't gotten there yet i'm, I'm just rounding it. up <laughs> <laughs> absolutely thank you for having me on guys i appreciate it thanks for hanging around and hopping on here so much appreciate it so we just uh completed our first draft together all three of us so uh in the let's talk sports league how you feeling I, I I think uh I think you guys did pretty well. Myself, I hated the spot I was in. Five is five. I hated the spot you were in too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was sniping I was I was sniping Bodkins the whole time, which was the highlight of my draft. But 
it made me draft in a different way that I normally don't. I like to usually go pretty RB heavy at the beginning because I just I, I just don't trust some of the guys at the end. But that did not happen. So uh, my wide receiver core is fairly stacked. I think I took four within the first six rounds, and I didn't take another one until like the twelfth round. So uh, I think uh, I think I did okay. I think I'm gonna fare well. Uh, you guys did fantastic. I, I like both your guys' rosters. That this whole league, I mean. For some first timers that I know are in it, and some guys that haven't played for very long, uh, it was it was it was very competitive. It, it wasn't as homer picky as I thought it was going to be until we got towards the end, and then you know you got like uh, Yankee Finn taking two Dolphins back to back, and you got some Jets starting to roll out there. I got my Harrison Bucker in. I was like, yeah, yeah. the last two rounds, whatever. May as yeah. well take the kicker, right? You're scoring points. He's going to lead the team in scoring. <laughs> That's right. He did last year, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pat Mahomes, who? <laughs> I tell people all the time, when it comes to fantasy, fanhood goes out the window. I mean, that's just you just have to throw everything out. Gone. That totally abstaining my Jalen Hurts quarterback pick, which is actually probably only like the second or third share I've ever gotten of him in any of my leagues. And Tanner knows how many I'm in at this point. So that, uh, that should help. It you know, uh, instill that fact that you, you got to just let that stuff kind of go when you're drafting your teams. You know, there's there's not players that I won't take, even if they're on the Cowboys, which I hate the Cowboys. So you got to let it go. That's fair. Yeah, it was just I, I just thought I was third and usually I'm not ever three. And I was just it was a really hard one for me to go because I was trying to go your route, essentially drafting, you know, four at least four receivers beforehand. That's what I did on the other one. But by the time it came back around to me, oh, everybody else going to take in the second round was gone. So I went Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, hey, I've never had Patrick Mahomes on my team, so let's try it out on this one. So I, I felt like I was very balanced. I had Kyle Pitts early, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, with a few starting. You know, I I felt like I was overall balanced, which is which is kind of weird for my team, but I'm okay with that. I think. Yeah, you you took MVS. I wanted MVS on that swing back, and then I saw I, you nabbed him. I was like. Damn, that I was, wanted that the partnership. Long. I wanted the partnership with Hopkins being out. I needed a hey, partnership there. Gotta have the stack. You can have stone hands. He'll average about two points a game for you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Course. Yeah. Then it'll be stone 15. Hands. Stone <laughs> hands for MPS. Well, cool. Well, about three touchdowns. <laughs> no, I'll be in one game. Believe me. He says this with Dak Prescott as a starting quarterback. (laughs) The reason I took Dak Prescott is because he just kept falling and falling and falling. It's different. I didn't take – I took him in the 10th round. Like, Dak Prescott in the 10th round, that's a steal if if I ever caught one because he had an eighth-round projection. So, okay, I didn't take him in the eighth. Okay, in the ninth. Well, now we're hitting in the 10th. Shoot, he's still there. He's the best quarterback in the 10th round. might as well. Time, yeah. You, so, you hey. want a hot take? As So, Gary, I'll let you guys in on this. Gary asked me – he asked me to review one of his, his first dynasty league that he had with his league mates, and I gave grades to all of them, which he thought okay. was fantastic. And they had, a, a like, a good hour-long conversation in the chat. And I'm looking through all the teams, and uh, he wants me to do it for this league as well. I was like, eh, we'll see. I don't know if anybody's going to get butt hurt if I, you know, give him a bad rating or whatever. Nick's going to get butt hurt. <laughs> I'm just mad because you took uh, all well, I might I hurt his feelings because I think Tanner's got his second quarterback is better than his than Bodkin's first quarterback. He's got Kirk Cousins sitting behind Pat Mahomes, and I think that he's going to outproduce Dak for fantasy this year. I'll never have two quarterbacks. You'll never. I'll never in a day hmm. have two quarterbacks. That's fine. You don't have to. And, and honestly, Tanner probably doesn't with Pat Mahomes. But 
his bench quarterback is going to outscore your starting quarterback all season, I think. I think. Then that's fine. And guess what? His backup quarterback is sitting on his bench, so you can't run two quarterbacks. Give me your first-round pick. I'll give it to you. (laughs) And and Dak Dak will – I I mean, Dak's just a starter for now. I'm a very much like, hey, let me get rid of you. I'm a quick hook on the quarterbacks and kickers, defense – I'll stream one if I have to every week. I, don't, I mean, that's just how I play. But Dak in the tenth round was just too too good uh, to pass up. You know. Oh yeah, good. I had to bust you on it, but it was it's it's a great value for him. He usually goes seventh eighth round, and he was just one of the guys that fell weirdly. There was some there was some guys in that draft that fell that I didn't think were going to fall as far as they did, and I've seen him getting picked in like the eleventh twelfth round. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize he was still there, but they weren't options for me at the time because I had to fill out my RB depth, so I kind of had to zero in on some guys and let the rest of them go yeah i had a couple guys i think because we had similar strategy i had a lot of receivers early that's just because again that that's just where it was at what with how the draft was dictating to me uh so i was trying to get some backs in the back end and you were sniping them right and left right before i I, there was a time where i was like i when it comes to my draft i have like three guys i circle like hey i'm this is guy number one i want guy number two i want Number three, when it comes back to me, these three guys, I'm okay at this. And literally it was like, oh, there went number one. There went number two. Now number three. Now, who the hell do I take at this point in time? Because I have no idea because I did not think this is how it was going to happen. But that's just what happened. I can't remember what it was early round, like round two or three. And I was Yeah, like, that's yeah, what happened okay. to me. But, you know, we, yeah. we figure it out. You know, you just got to take your time and give it a minute. And, you know, we'll figure it out. So. Was there was in our draft? Uh, was there a guy that fell that was or uh, was too? Well, you're like, wow, I didn't think he'd fall. And then what was a the guy that we're like, wow, I I definitely wouldn't have took him uh, so early. And you can bust anybody's chops in our league because you know who cares. Pre- Prescott was the one that fell where I was surprised. I didn't think that when you when I saw that you still needed a quarterback because I think I took one a couple rounds ahead of that um, because I wanted Russell Wilson, but then Yankee Finn got him, and then I was like, well. I got Hurts as a top five quarterback ranked this year. I'll take the shot just so I don't got to worry about it because I figured in a league like this with some newer people, quarterbacks would start flying off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so Prescott was the one that fell where I was like, well, that's interesting. I'm surprised that he went as far as he did. The one that got picked really early, I think it was like around four or five, was Aaron Rodgers, which I get. Yeah, yeah. I understand just the name behind Eric Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, you want to draft him because he's been a two-time MVP, but for fantasy, especially with losing Adams, I mean, I got him ranked outside my top 12 right now. And I've tried to bump him up by doing my projections and stuff like that, giving him little ticks up here and there, but I just can't get him inside that top 12 right now. It's, it was that one. I was like, eh. and, uh, and I know he set his cue and, you know, had it to where like, this is the guy I want first. And cause he put himself on auto. So he wouldn't hold up the draft, but yeah, that one, I was like, eh, that's, that's way too early. That's a free extra player that might fall to me when uh, that pick happened. All right. Hey, this is our, uh, let's talk sports co-host uh, league that we got going on. That's what we're yeah. talking about. Yep. 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 And uh, I, I think we need to, uh, uh, got Trevor Lawrence because he fell. Who took who took Lawrence? Let's see. Oh, it's Rob. Rob Logan. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, because he took Herbert, I think, in like the third or fourth round. And then with the last pick, he took Lawrence, which is perfectly fine. Lawrence is the guy I will leave drafts with absolutely dead last and still feel comfortable with starting the season. So I he's one of those 
super extreme late round shots where if I just punt the quarterback position entirely, I'll take him with like the 14th, 15th pick and be fine. So those comments are Carlos there uh, commenting right now. Okay. Appreciate it, Carlos. So let's, you know, let's talk some fantasy guys here real quick here. And, you know, you just kind of mentioned the guy I want to talk about first, Aaron Rodgers. Right. So a lot's going on with him right now. ADP uh, currently is 94. Uh, I think Sleeper has him at 97 currently. Uh, but his best is, you know, like you said, right up there, the third, fourth round. Some people are taking him. I'm sure my league again is going to see him in the first two rounds because it might end with Mike and them, the sports of food stuff. And because he's always early. But there's just not the same weapons. And, you know, as Nick in the test, they're all hurt right now. Uh, or at least they're all dealing with some kind of injuries. You know, your rookie Christian Watson's on the pub. Sammy Watkins is limping. You know, Cobb, I'm sure, is not feeling that great either. So, like, what what are we thinking here for Rodgers? I mean, is it I'm worth the risk in the end? I, I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. I was just reminiscing all these throws that you're up here to the, Rogers to Adams. Well, I was going down memory lane. I'm about to tear up. Can you take that off the screen, Jesus? If you look at it, if you look at it, Nick, this is a guy that's through two picks or three picks or whatever it was week one and didn't throw another one to like week six or seven or whatever. And like, can he be this accurate again this year yes. and still be a fantasy dominant? The, he's I'll let, I'll let the guru guy talk before I do go ahead you uh, on that, Ryan. And then I'll, I'll chip in, chip in here. He, he can absolutely be as accurate because Rogers isn't the type of guy to make a mistake by throwing to the wrong person. The problem is, is he's going to hyper target somebody and it's not going to work as well as it did with Adams because nobody's Devonte Adams. Like I could literally see, especially with all the injuries that they have going on right now in the receiver room, Lazard could end up with like 160 targets. The problem is, is he's not going to be Adams and haul in 65 to 70% of those and take them for 15 touchdowns. So the numbers aren't going to look as good stacked up to that nice 66, 67% completion percentage by the end of the season. But that's what Rodgers does is once he finds something he's comfortable with, he's going to hyper target and then he's going to let the other guys just rot for fantasy purposes. So to me, it's in terms of trying to evaluate Rodgers, he's been one of my most difficult players to try and bring up in ADP or in my uh, rankings because it just doesn't feel right to have him ranked as low as I have him. But at the end of the day, I have to realize that this is not the same potent passing offense. This is a team that I think is going to try and control clock more. Rodgers knows that. They've got A.J. Dillon and uh, uh, Aaron Jones, one of the best RB tandems in the NFL. They could literally have them both on the field at the same time. And I think that's going to happen a lot this season because Jones is such a fluent pass catcher. And Dillon has proven that he is a better runner than Aaron Jones is at this point. So, I think you could see them run the ball 30, 40 times a game. Rodgers may throw 25 to 30 in certain games if they can control it well enough, and their defense is good enough to keep them in that type of space. So it really limits his ceiling. He'll finish inside the top 12 more than a few times. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers, man. Like, I know he's going to, but it it's not the same as I'm drafting this guy and he's going to finish inside the top five it, at this point he might not finish inside the top 10 and it doesn't have to be because he's bad at football in the NFL. It's because he's just not throwing at the same rate into the same caliber of targets that he's had his entire career. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback just off a couple of things you said. 
so he is going to be as accurate, Tanner. Like he's always been that accurate. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, a stadium of his whole career. Now I'll say that while he keyed on Devonte Adams, I will say this: like there was a time where he didn't. There was a time where he had multiple weapons, but were fantasy relevant. I mean, back when Greg Jennings, you know, Jordy Nelson, and even Randall Cobb, like all three of those guys at one time were fantasy relevant at the same time. I think the last few years, obviously it's been Devontae or nothing. And then you just hope maybe you can get a game out of Stonehands MVS or Lazard when he's healthy or somebody like that. But part of that is injuries. Part of that is maybe Aaron didn't trust those guys. And part of that is Devontae was always open. You know, and he could get it because Devontae is, you know, arguably the top two or three receiver in the league. Uh, so I think this year it'll be a little different. I think he'll spread the ball a little bit more around because he's going to have to because there isn't a Devontae Adams that's open 80% of the time or at least to where he felt comfortable. I, hey, I can get to a spot to where I know he he's going to be the only one that can come down with it. And I, so I, I'll, that's my only counter argument as far as those, you know, is that I think Devontae had a play in that. Not so much as Aaron was just locks in on one guy. I think he's going to spread it around, but you're absolutely right. They're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, maybe they seem to be high on the seventh round uh, wide receiver that they drafted uh, that they've been talking about uh, that we talked about on Saturday. Uh, Yes. Uh, No, Samori, uh, Samori Torre. Oh, okay. So they seem to be high on him. I've heard a lot of good things out of camp out more out of him than Christian Watson because Watson hasn't uh, hit on the field. But I mean, we'll see, man. I mean, I just think he's still he's never been. That's the thing. That's what separates real life football and fantasy football. Aaron Rodgers been MVP the last two years. He's never been a top two quarterback, three quarterback in fantasy. You know, that's just difference in fantasy football and real life football. Give me Aaron Rodgers in real life. I'll pass on him on fantasy like I have every year. I like it. I, I, I'm with you there. Like I just don't feel like it's a bad pick overall. Like you, you just can't go wrong until it goes wrong. That's what I think. So, Nick, you got anything here for Ryan? Nah, man, Ryan, we appreciate you, man. Well, hold on, yeah. I got one more. I was I, like, I go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, why do you hate me so much? And why were you taking my players? And is why is Nikhil Harry going to win me this fantasy league? I was so appreciative that you took him because I was thinking about it with my last pick because I could just drop him if I wanted to. But now he has to stay on your roster. He has I, to occupy your He's going to be the first person I drop. I have no kicker. I picked him up just out <laughs> in that pick for the whole time. You got to play him against me week one, right? <laughs> Stick him in the flex. <laughs> and if he wins, I mean, it's ultimate bragging rights at that point. <laughs> All right. So, oh, man, that'd be great. So my next guy, I did have one more for you. Uh, we talk about his weapons all the time, but now he has so many weapons on this team. Tom Brady, right? This is a guy, 40, what, 44-year-old, 45? I don't know where we're at yet with him anymore. Seven uh, <laughs> At this point, right? This guy is at uh, 80p, 89, probably about worst about 44, 84 in sleeper for PPR. Uh, I mean, just so many gauge, Julio. Evans, no Gronk, but now you got Bray and the rookie as well that came into play for tight end. Uh, yeah, Fournette. Uh, I know I'm, Chris Godwin will be back probably by week four, week five. I've Sean heard. White out of the backfield. He can catch a pass or two. 
Like, how, how do you balance this? How do you go about this trying to draft and justify – like, you could probably justify Tom Brady, but do you try to go get him earlier than, you know, maybe the third or fourth round, or do you do you try to sit there and wait? For for Brady, his draft price makes him, like, one of those elite values. Like, I, I just released an article – not to just plug my stuff, but it's go for it. Uh, I just released an article on WAGME about value quarterbacks, and it doesn't have to be guys that are super late, right? Not those guys that are all going 10th round or later. It's guys that are going late enough to where they have the upside to absolutely demolish their ADP and finish as one of those guys that maybe you should have taken in the third or fourth round. And I think Brady sits as one of those values um, where he's at right now, especially when you start, once you see all the pieces that are being added, like Julio for fantasy. I don't know what the hell to do with that wide receiver room now. I hate that move because now I got to spend an hour and a half going back and redoing my projections. I was all in on Russell Gage. I don't know what to do with him anymore because I don't know if they're going to rotate Julio into a spot. Julio has been rumored to be playing tight end for Tampa Bay in practice right now. Oh, my Lord. What, what are we doing? Like What? There's nothing we can do. We don't know. It's a complete crapshoot. It's, it's New England all over again because we don't know what to do with the running back and wide receiver room. But when it comes to Brady himself, you know for a fact that he is going to be fantasy relevant. He was, I think, the quarterback three last year, quarterback four, something like that. Overall. Yeah, yeah. And he, top always, five. he always gets left at the end of, you know, the eighth, ninth round because nobody wants to draft old man Brady. They want to be the one that said, I called it. This was the year he was going to fall off the cliff. I said this was going to happen. So, you know, his value is perfect. You can go and take uh, the shot on him in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, and he's going to return value and then some. Uh, running back room, Fournette, I think he's an easy lock for that second, third round pick. He's going to be inside that top 15 as long as he's healthy. Yeah, I don't care about the 260 pound weight issues. I think he's already down to 245 now. Uh, yeah. The last time that they checked in, that was just a puff piece that they wanted to call him fat, whatever. He's Eddie Lacy 2.0 for everybody in fantasy now. <laughs> He'll be fine. It'll probably drive his value down for people that are you know, not thinking about it, and then he's going to be even more of a value. But when it comes to the wide receivers, I, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll touch on tight end. Tight end I want nothing to do with. Um, Kyle Rudolph, is, it's already been said that he's going to take over the Gronk role. So I know the Cameron Braid experience didn't work last year. We saw it in more than enough games to know that Brady and Braid just don't have that connection. I don't know why Braid wasn't traded this year and they didn't bring back O.J. Howard because I think Howard's a better player than Braid is at this point. I agree. It makes no sense to me, but that was the move that they made, so they stuck with it. So they bring in Rudolph because obviously Braid's not working out. That was probably a Brady decision in the first place. I don't know which one you would take. Brake's going to get snaps. Rudolph's going to get snaps. It's probably not going to be enough for either of them to be fantasy relevant, even at a crappy position where you can never tell who's the best one to take outside the top five. So I'm going to leave that one alone. The wide receiver room is what we got to figure out because the fantasy points are going to be in that wide receiver room. I think you can lock up Mike Evans to be you know, a solid producer. He's going to be healthy week one, top red zone target, always finishes with over 1,000 yards for fantasy. He's done it, I think, eight straight seasons this year. Yep. So nothing you can do there. He's he's an easy second, third round pick. You smash that, you take it home. Godwin, Julio, and Gage are the three that I don't know what to do with. Godwin most likely – is going to miss at least the first couple of weeks of the season. I've seen reports that he's going to miss all the way into mid-November and everything <laughs> in between. So it's it's hard to dis- you know 
figure out which one you want out of that. And Godwin, I think he's got like a sixth or seventh round ADP. I can't take that risk when you've got guys in those rounds like Darnell Mooney, um, some other names. Christian Kirk's going way behind him, and I think Kirk is going at a value. Like there's just guys that you can take that are going to give you instant production rather than you sit and play the waiting game for a hobbled uh, Chris Godwin. And they're not going to let him out there until he's 100%. We already know that. They don't want to get him hurt anymore. They want to win a Super Bowl. That's why Julio's in. Then it comes to Julio and Gage, and now I'm at the point to where I don't know if I should take one of them in the ninth or if I should just leave him for dead and see if hopefully one of them winds up to me in the 14th or 15th round because I think they're going to split what Antonio Brown got last year, and I don't know if that's going to equate to enough fantasy points on a consistent basis to draft them anywhere above like that 10th, 11th round. Oh, sounds right to me. I, I just feel like the if you're going to go – Safe bet on it. It's going to be Mike Evans for sure. So you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay a good premium if you want to have a consistent contributor from the Buccaneers' offense, which stinks because we know it's going to be one of the best in the NFC, uh, led by Brady. So it's <laughs> it's it's hard to decipher. It's like Deshaun Watson. Like I get I'm getting Deshaun Watson questions all day today. People want to know what to do with him, and uh, I. I t- I, I don't know what to tell him. He's going to miss six for sure. Now after listening to Wojo, I know it's going to be only six most likely. And the only guy to finish inside the top 15 last year uh, with it, it, who missed five games, not even six, everyone else played at least 13 or more, was Lamar Jackson, and he finished 15th. So can we really trust Deshaun Watson to be you know, finishing inside the top 15 if he's going to miss six games tops after not playing for two seasons? I just don't, think, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's, I mean, you could take Watson as your last pick or two. He'll probably be there and then just hope for the best here. Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to do. And do you have do you have the grapefruits, the stardom, the week that he comes back? No, I, I'll probably sit and wait. Because and <laughs> I don't. I know I don't. <laughs> that's what I do with everybody. I hope Russell Gage goes off because I bought some shares in him. So I just hope that's, uh, you know, the Julio. It'll be interesting, like you said, with the Julio situation because who's taking that Antonio Brown role which was so crucial mm-hmm. uh you know but that'll be the that's the biggest question I mean Gage is younger and they paid more money to bring Gage in so I don't know why and Brady Brady brought him in too because Brady was the one that yep. called him up and said hey let's go see yeah. he's got everything working for him and I think because I usually like to follow the money they paid Julio pennies from what I saw the contract it's not it's veteran minimum and for good reason, Julio can't stay healthy the past couple seasons. So it's just Brady wanting to bring in more depth so that way he knows he can try and win, make a championship run. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to eat into what Gage does, and that's what stinks the most because well, I think it will that he be was for in about, for – It will be for about five games, and then Julio will be hurt yeah. the rest. So you'll be okay. Just keep Russell Gage on your bench. Wait till Julio gets hurt, and then it'll be go time. I mean, and Gage might be out there on playing wide receiver too instead of the Antonio Brown role if, uh, you know, until Chris Godwin comes hurt. So then he's going to be out on the field, and then when Godwin comes back, then by that time Julio will get hurt, and then they'll side Gage right over, and you're going to be all right. So at that's least that's true. what I tell myself when I draft Russell Gage. Predictive wishful thinking of a grown man's injury, but it's very possible. <laughs> it's not. It's not wishful thinking. It's. It's the proof is in the pudding here. The last few years. If you got shares, it's slightly wishful thinking. If you got <laughs> it's slightly wishful. Thinking. Wishful thinking is saying Nikhil Harry's going to win me the league, brother. No, that's that, that's 
that that's shooting for the stars right there. But if he does, like I said, bet's still on. I will try to give you my job at Roto Baller if that happens. I will definitely try. Oh man, that's great. Well, all right, we appreciate you joining us again. Sorry for the wait here as you waited on, but you know, Mojo had a lot to say, and it was I mean, it was a lot of useful info, and I'm glad we were able to have him on. So yeah, absolutely, man. Way so, more impactful yeah. than what we talk about. I'm just ta- I'm just here professionally talking about a fake game we play. <laughs> right. The kids game, as some people call it. Right. Uh, guys, we also got for Let's Talk Sports coming up here at the Fantasy University, right, uh, yeah. coming into play. Uh, we'll have uh, spread out shows there. Dan's working on all that. He's I think he's going to announce that here soon with all that play. Ryan will be a big player in that. Mike from the Sports Defoons will also be involved uh in that as well so that's gonna be really cool um and then we also got you was it thursdays yep thursdays at five and sundays at five uh i do the nfl shows on sundays with dan but for all the month of august every show that i'm on is going to be fantasy university centric perfect perfect so that's some exciting stuff and then go catch ryan stuff on fantasy football for the people Wag me f- fantasy football, fan- wag me fantasy, and then Rotoballer as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, guys, uh, newsletter drops now on Tuesday, so tomorrow morning over at Wag Me Fantasy. So sign up for that. Um, just use your email; it's completely free. Click the confirmation email uh, once it hits your inbox, and then you'll get all those exclusive articles a lot earlier than everybody else is going to have access to them. Completely free. Um, and we're going to have a ton of good stuff coming out in the month of August, so you're not going to want to miss that. And that's the key, guys. The confirmation email that pops in, make sure you click it, because yeah, I was yeah, trying to figure out why I haven't got mine yet, and that's what I figured out yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's the curse of starting something brand new. It's every email catches it as potential spam, and they'll just throw it right in that okay. inbox, and that's what we had problems with, because we saw the... As soon as we said that, we went up by like 20, 30 subscribers because everybody went to their spam box and checked it. So, yeah, definitely check for that all over the place in your spam, in your regular inbox. Hopefully it hits your regular inbox now. But hit that confirmation email. You'll get access to all that stuff uh, every Tuesday morning. I think it's 10 o'clock is the release. Yeah, sounds right. Now now that I'm on it. So, cool. Awesome, guys. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you again. And we'll we'll get you on again soon. Absolutely, guys. Take it easy. We'll bring them back on. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely thanks yeah. ryan yeah take it easy guys all right guys so let's uh let's hit this real quick here then we'll do the bakken's minute here uh see i did, i got i got it this time wow i slacked the last couple of weeks i got this new computer and i can do stuff now so uh yeah, you know Nick, a lot of a lot of recent moves even today has been going on. Uh, Astros requiring a couple people, Trey Mancini being one. Uh, it seems like a lot of the players are are serious threats. Serious players are really making some moves here, uh, going into play. The rich got richer, right? I mean, the Yankees got uh, Andrew Penitenti. They just got the pitcher. Uh... From the A's, Frankie Montos and Lou Trevino. Yeah, so I mean, the rich got richer. The uh, you alluded to the Astros got uh, Trey Mancini in a three man tra- a three man trade, a three team trade, three team uh, trade. There's got the Red Sox uh, b- catcher as well. 
Uh, how about that? The Astros are playing the Red Sox. He's doing BP as a Red Sox. They go over there and say, hey, go get dressed in the next uh, across the dugout because you just got traded uh, across the way. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, Reese McGuire uh, leaving the White Sox for Jake uh, uh, Dykeman. But, yeah, that's a huge, huge deal there. Tommy Pham from the Reds also going to the Red Sox as well on a trade. I mean, that's something the Red Sox needed to get ahead here uh, of at least Toronto going into play in the Rays. So that's going to be huge for them. So let's talk about it. The biggest deal of the day, though, today was uh, team of your, you know, uh, it's got, you got a background, you know, Josh Hader uh, getting shipped out of the Brewers to uh, what the uh, Padres to the Padres. Yeah. So why, why was that deal done? Because I mean, this is a, this is kind of a qu big question mark. I know haters always been in these trade Ted uh, trade talks, but he's their closer for a team that's, you know, has playoff uh, potential and or is in contention here. It's that month of July. That's what killed him. Uh, I think he blew, what was it, four or five saves. He has over a 12 ERA in nine innings. Actually, just over a little bit of nine innings in July alone. And it's just it's just killed him. It's just killed the, the mood going into play for the bullpen, trying to finish games. And they thought they needed to make a move. Uh, that's where... Uh, they went in and get Taylor Rogers, uh, especially to help with that role right there, to help with that bullpen depth. Uh, Taylor Rogers, a young guy, uh, but he's—I think he's one of the guys that's going to be really capable of keeping the consistency going in the late round, late inning bullpen into play. And I think that's what a move they just thought they had to make. It's like, hey, we haven't had a really great end of June the whole month of July with Hater. Why are we trying to keep this rolling? through August and going in, into playoff time if he's not figuring it out after a month of game. So, you know, it's they felt like they had to make a move, but they also got um, a few prospects as well going into play. So they, they got what they needed, hopefully for depth in the bullpen, but they also got some stuff for the future. Is it, is it, seem, is it just me or, you know, is it a lot of more smoke right now than it is fire? Because, I mean, you look like two days ago, Monday, it was like Otani could be getting traded, you know, Soto, Contreras, uh, you know, those are the three big names out there. Mm -hmm. And none of those three names look maybe Wilson Contreras will probably still get traded by tomorrow's deadline, but it doesn't look like Otani's getting traded and it doesn't look like, uh, you know, Soto's getting traded here either. So, I mean, those, I feel like those two deals would have to be deals that get made in the off season. Correct. You, you would think so. I, I don't see, Juan Soto leaving Washington if he hasn't left already. The Yankees have already been making deals. Uh, the Dodgers made a, a, a deal at least or two. Padres are making deals like they got the Cardinals hated. have been real close. But so the Cardinals are actually now finalizing the deal to acquire left-hander Jose Quintana from the Pirates. Yeah. So that's yeah, going to be huge, too. He's a real winner. Not. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's good for the Cardinals. That's, like I said, that's just – that's just another. I hope. I hope he does. Way. I hope he does what for the Cardinals. What he did for the Cubs, and that's give up a lot of home runs and lose a lot of games. You know. Yeah. No. That's. Yeah. That's probably what you need there. Uh, we're going to play. Let's see here. Oh, Dan. What's up, dude? Going on, boys. I want my White Sox to get Otani. I don't feel like that's going to happen. Unfortunately, I don't see Otani going to the White Sox by any means. He's going to go to a big market that isn't afraid to diss out. Dish out all their uh, 
uh, young guys there. In the they they <laughs> the made an offer for him. Uh, the White Sox made an offer for Otani, uh, but they that deal didn't get done. The Mets the Mets are in on Wilson Contreras. I think that's where they're going to get their big bat from uh, for the Mets. Add Wilson yeah. Contreras with that lineup. Uh, so they are trying to put their chips in the table there. We'll, we'll see uh, what happens there on that on that. I, yeah, and I think and then we had a, a few uh, other moves right going into play. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on Saturday, but uh, or was it Saturday? I believe it was Saturday. Uh, Luis Castillo going into play, moving from the Reds to the Mariners, another potential uh, club that is looking for some help in pitching, and this is a guy that. You know, he, he's done actually fairly well for there for the Reds, and I think going in Seattle is going to be a nice fit, have some nice offense to back you up, unlike in Cincinnati. Uh, and I th- I just think overall this is actually a solid deal for the Mariners and Luis himself. Yeah, this gives the Mariners a number one ace, right? Like a guy that they haven't had since probably, you know, Felix Hernandez, uh, King Felix there is a guy that, you know uh, – yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know that Dan. <laughs> I know that and I hate that trade. I'm trying I'm not I'm trying to keep my blood pressure low and profanity at a minimum here and you're bringing up bad trades, Dan. We're we're, we're talking a little the Cubs aren't haven't fully been involved yet, but we're getting there. Yes. Uh, another guy that uh another move that happened in play um is also Andrew Benatendi for the Royals. Uh solid guy we got from the Red Sox a couple years ago, really developed in to play as becoming almost pretty much our best player uh, this year so far because Perez has been hurt and he's just coming off the IL now. Uh, but this is a, a hot hand and a guy that can, you know, Gold Globe, I think, winner last year too. So that's going to be huge for the Yankees. Uh, hopefully they can figure out the vaccine situation with him because he was one of those guys that sounded in Toronto. But I mean, you're playing for a contender, you're playing for the best team in the league essentially. I'd imagine you're probably going to take care of that here. Yeah, he's going to, he'll get the Fauci ouchie a hundred percent. I think that had to been a deal whether the Yankees called him right and said, Hey, uh, you got to get vaccinated and you'll come, you'll, we'll trade for you. And he, he, he'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, right. you're, yeah. you're not going to be in contention. You don't care. You're not, you're not going to go to Canada too many times. We're playing in Kansas city. Uh, but, uh, you know, now with the Yankees, that's a team that obviously in their division and a team they could possibly see in the playoffs. Yeah. And you're going from first or worst to first. So, yeah, you know, you can't legitimately the worst team in baseball to the best team in baseball. Yeah. Like you, you can't really hate on that here, uh, going into play, but yeah, I mean, that's some of, some of the big moves there. Dodgers acquiring another hand with Chris Martin from the Cubs. Uh, so we've talked about Luis Castillo already. Um, yeah, the Daniel. Yankees got, yeah. got uh, Scott Ever, Everfrost from the Cubs, who a really good bullpen guy. There you go. Uh, and the Cubs just got one of their top prospects in that trade in, in that trade coming back. Yeah, and so, we talked about the Mets a little bit too. Daniel Vogelbach, uh, big, big bat uh, coming into play. A guy that uh, for the Pirates there that now is a Met, uh, which, which they only gave up Colin Holderman, which isn't uh, you know it's a young guy, but it's all right. Uh, uh, it's just a big bat. I think the Mets needed somebody that can help clean up the bottom side of the the lineup when it comes to the play and maybe take care of some of those lobs they have issues with going into play in late innings. So uh, I love this move. Strong lefty, big bat, big guy. Uh, super excited to see exactly what he does there as a Met. 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, 24 hours, and we'll try to get mm-hmm. uh, we'll try to try to get our guy, uh, you know, Grisham on next week to break everything down for us. Yeah, he's been uh, a little busy there, and you know, in the summer, guys, he's camp, uh, his uh, you know, his uh, alpha performance stuff going in, nationals coming into play, uh, colleges and stuff happening. Like it's it's a lot going on. So, but we're gonna get him on here. I'll hopefully next week, if not the week after. So. We'll, we'll make it work with him. So, but yeah, that's kind of kind of a quick update around what's going on in the MLB trade deadline. There going to play, uh, Bakins. You ready? Oh yeah. Hey, here we go. <laughs> Bakins UFC minute begins now. Oh, man, I can't. It's hard for me to keep everything under a minute. I don't know. I always said a minute. But uh, right. <laughs> so this past week we had UFC 277. Uh, top, I mean, on paper, it wasn't that great of a card. But, man, this card delivered uh, top to bottom uh, four finishes up until the main event. Uh, the main event was uh, Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. Uh, heck of a five-round fight. Amanda Nunez reclaims her women's bantamweight ch- title, becomes the first ever double champ champ two times because she was already double champ champ once, lost her bantamweight title to Juliana Pena back in December, regains that uh, in the co-main event. Uh, Brandon Moreno wins the U- interim flyweight title in a heck of a fight between him and Kai Car France. Uh, a kidney kick ends Kai Car France. I mean, just a deadly kick by Brandon Moreno to Kai Car France. Puts Kai Car France down. Moreno gets on top of him, finishes out. That was kind of the fight of the night. Uh, big wins out of uh, my boy Derek Lewis lost. He, he was knocked out. Um, he was knocked out by Sergey Pavlovich. I have my notes here, actually, from this weekend show. Uh, Alexander Pantoja had a huge win, won in about 30 seconds over Alex Perez to make claim that he should be the number one contender in the flyweight division. Uh, Mahagat Ankalaev, a uh, nice win to also in the light heavyweight to over Anthony Smith to prove that he could be a number one contender. So there's a lot of number one contenders, two title fights on that card. And man, it delivered an action packed full of fights this past uh, fr- Saturday on UFC 277. To get more uh, detailed on that, Tanner, and uh, more in depth, check out our Head Kicks and Haymakers show. Uh, you can check that out on uh, Let's Talk Sports and the Bodkin Show channel. Uh, that we did a UFC post show of uh, UFC 277. So that'll get a little bit more detail there. Yeah, any fights this weekend? Uh, there is some fights this weekend, man. Uh, the major fight in the light heavyweight fight, it's uh, Tiago Santos versus uh, Jermay Hill. It is Hill is it's like an up and comer, like Hill's up and comer, uh, trying to break into that uh, up like top five of the light heavyweight. Uh, he's fighting Tiago Santos, is a guy who has fought John Jones for the title, uh, has been around the top five for the last few few uh, years. So, uh, that's the the major fight, but uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about that fight on Sunday's uh, Head Kicks and Haymakers show. Uh, you can catch that again on Let's Talk Sports and the Bodkins channel. Awesome, awesome! Excited to see. I love the I love the new uh, the new title, the new logo, and everything with that show. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be bringing a UFC talk every Sunday. So, uh, and then when it's a pay per view, we'll do a pre show on Saturday. 
Oh, that's uh, that's awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, what else you got going on this week here? Uh, so Wednesday we'll do the weekly uh, Bodkins wrap up show again. You'll be able to catch that on Let's Talk Sports and the Bodkins channel, and then. Sunday, we'll do uh, head kicks and haymakers. We'll talk about those fights and kind of bring you up in all the MMA it was. Sunday night, uh, we have, uh, we always do the interview style. Uh, we have Ray Hayes. He is a amateur fighter. I'm pulling up his stats right now as we speak. Um, Ray Hayes, he is a fight hard, uh, lightweight champion from fight hard MMA. Uh, he's got a fight coming up. Uh, next Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit of uh, that fight, his background. So Ray Hayes, amateur fighter, Ray Hayes will be uh, coming on the Botkin Show Sunday. Awesome, dude. That's awesome. Line up right there. Uh, guys, Let's Talk Sports uh, has shows daily throughout the day. You guys, make sure you guys tune in to Let's Talk Sports channel and view out, see what's upcoming there. Uh, some, Like I said, some exciting stuff coming into play. Uh, Roku, Fire TV, Apple stuff, Apple TV coming into play as well. Uh, we'll be on there, so that's exciting news. Come, uh, Fantasy University also going to be getting here very shortly. Uh, on that lineup should be announced this week, I believe. And then, uh, trying to think here, I think that's the most updated news I know about. Make sure you check those guys out daily. Uh, myself, guys, Wednesday, we are going to Chiefs training camp. We will have a day show. It is not a division breakdown show uh, this week here. So we'll do a Settling the Kingdom uh, special, training camp special, on Wednesday instead of a Sports Buffoons podcast. Uh, then Saturday, you'll find us here on Let's Talk Sports, uh, on the Buffoons Network, and on the Botkins Network uh, for our Saturday chat with uh, Dan on Let's Talk Sports. And then Sunday... We're not open Sunday, so Monday we're back here for Buffoon and Bakken. So a uh, lot, lot to go in, guys. A lot, lot going on here. Um, hopefully, I can start. I'm hoping to start here doing a couple mock drafts throughout the week as well. Just going live and you know doing some mocks, chatting with some people. So you know we'll see what happens there. We're gonna get some people on with me, do a mock on sleeper or something. So, uh, but yeah, lots of cool stuff coming to play, guys. It's football season. We got. Some tons of stuff going on, tons of stuff planned. So uh, just keep an eye out. So, Nick, any final words? Nah, man, appreciate it. Hey, uh, also check out yesterday's episode uh, of the Bodkin Show. I mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to plug it again real fast. It was an awesome time uh, with my guy Cordell Woodland. He is uh, he is host of Shaking It Up Sports. On 105.7, the fan out of Baltimore had an incredible story about the late, great uh, John Thompson, uh, the former mm. Georgetown, yeah. Georgetown football coach, our basketball coach. Sorry. We talk Georgetown. We talk Allen Iverson. We get into Lamar uh, and the, his contract situation. We talk all Ravens. Uh, we talk, you know, Cordell's background and, and that great story about uh, the late, great John Thompson. So. Uh, again, head over there, check that out, man. It was an uh, awesome time. So, yeah, that's it, man. I, I need to watch. I need to watch from the beginning. I hopped in late there, uh, towards probably the last 15, 10, 15 minutes. So, I need to start that over then. If we're talking John Thompson here, so <laughs> I love that stuff. 
Yeah, I could have went for like an hour on, uh, you know, uh, with him about Georgetown alone, but I was trying to get back to the Raven stuff. But I was like, man, I could have sat there and talked Georgetown and basketball for a while. <laughs> That's awesome. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, catch us here next week here on the Sports of Foons, Nick Botkins, and the Let's Talk Sports channel. And we'll uh, catch you guys next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Buffoons and Boggins show. Make sure you hit that bell, subscribe, and follow for more content. Swing over to the Boggins show, subscribe and follow for him. And then also swing over to Let's Talk Sports Network uh, and go subscribe to him because it's phenomenal for what he does. And there's a lot more to come on that channel between us as well. So make sure you guys do that. Thank you for watching.